Jessica and our missions director has got some words to say, and then she'll lead us from there. Thank you, Sydney. Good morning, Church on the Rock, beloved of the Lord. Can we receive that today? Can we just receive his love? Because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Welcome to a very special Missions Emphasis Sunday. Usually we uh, try to have our missionaries that we prayerfully and financially support out in the mission field come visit us and speak here when they're in the States. But today we have some of our very own that you see every week that's here in our congregation. We have five speakers that will be sharing their testimonies of mission trips that they've been on and how the Lord has used them and has worked through them for his glory and his name. So I want to, the mission team really wanted to put this together so that um, we would all know that, and many of you have gone on mission trips. And I just sense the Lord wants to say he is well pleased, whether it's making a phone call to encourage someone or pray with them, or going to a nursing home and visiting someone, a hospital, or going on an organized mission trip. All of it matters because we're here as disciples of Jesus Christ to magnify his works. Amen. Uh, it just briefly, my mission story is in 2012, I applied, was accepted, and was trained by the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team as a crisis chaplain. And what that means is when there are disasters, we accompany Samaritan's Purse and uh, minister to the people in the community. I was deployed after Hurricane Sandy and after one of the wildfires in Northern California and after the shootings in Las Vegas. And what the Lord showed me, what he taught me, and I um, tried my best to understand that before I got into those positions of ministering in the community is that he's a well-rounded God. Like he, he wants people to know his good news. He wants us to share his love, but he also wants to minister to the heart. He wants to heal our heart. He wants to heal us when we're grieving, when we're mourning, when we've had loss, even when we're in trauma. And he wants to heal our bodies. And so we ask that you just open up your um, hearts this morning and listen to these stories. See if there's anything the Lord is showing you personally, maybe for this moment, maybe later down the road. But our first speaker is one of my mission team mates, Sharon Blackford. Please welcome her. Thank you, Catherine. Hi, so like Catherine said, my name is Sharon Blackford. I've been a member here at Church on the Rock for about eight years. I'm a member of the missions team as well as the Good Vibe Tribe where I serve as a greeter. I'm one of the people who opens the doors and says hi to everybody as they come in. I um, took my first mission, missions trip in 2016 where at least six other women from our church came and uh, went together. It was a medical team that went, um, but it wasn't just medical. We did medical, we did children's ministry. There was a prayer team. There was um, all, you don't have to have any special skills to go on this trip. I went because I was a medical assistant and my skills would be used in that area. But like I said, children's ministry, you just need to know how to have fun with kids. If you're a prayer person, we had prayer ministry. 
if you just like hands-on and don't like the whole behind, the, you know, in front of everybody kind of praying and talking, there's plenty for anyone and everyone to do on these trips. Um, Pastor Josh asked me what made me want to go on that trip. What was my motivation? Why did I feel the need to do it? And I really didn't have any answers at the time. Um, as I thought about it, I think it started back with my mom when I was little. And she was always the giving person, always wanted to help those who had less than we did, who just, you know, would never let somebody go by hungry, would never, if there was somebody homeless in the street, she would give them something to eat or um, give them some spare change that she had. The church I was in in New Jersey, we had ministries that catered to the cities of Harlem and Brooklyn and the Bronx where we'd go out on a bus and give out food and um, clothing, minister in prayer, minister in giving them avenues to get counseling for whatever they needed or housing. And that was something that I was a part of. And I think it was just born in my spirit by the Lord that this is something I always wanted to do. I don't want to say it was on my bucket list, but it was on my bucket list to go on a missions trip. And that trip to Guatemala was just amazing to the need that was there. You know, you come back and you have this, you know, the, the normal, you feel grateful for the things that you have that you took for granted, like running water that you can actually drink, a toilet that flushes. Those are things, you know, you, you don't think about every day, but when you're out in the mountains somewhere where there's nothing but outhouses, you, you remember the things from home and they're important. And um, one of the things that touched me, especially on my first trip to Guatemala, was a little boy in one of the churches that we had gone to. And he had told his pastor that he was, you know, he knew who Jesus was, he heard about him, but to him it was nothing more than stories until we came. And when we showed up and we loved on him and we cared about him and the other people in his town and, you know, we bought them medical things that they needed and took care of their prayer needs, that he saw for the first time that this Jesus he heard about was real. And that was powerful for us to see how our being there changed the life of this one little boy. So I just felt compelled after that. When there was another trip, I felt the need that I had to go back, that this was something that made a difference in people's lives. Whether you're there handing out bags and hospitality or you're praying with someone personally one-on-one -on -one, or you're giving out medical supplies, you're needed. And if you've ever desired to do something like this, God will give you the means and the support that you need to do it. So just follow his lead, love him, and love people, and that's, that's it. Hello, church. Uh, my name's Chad York. I've been in this area about 18 years. I actually got saved in 2011 right back there. I uh, had my moment. I was here alone, and it happened, and I didn't know what to do. Um, I got baptized shortly after that, and I would say probably the last five years I've been a consistent, intentional Christian. Uh, my missions trip, we went to Mattoon, Illinois, about three and a half hours south, with a ministry called Street Reignite, and we did this in March. And basically, we knocked doors for Jesus, and we handed out food. And... I don't know if you've ever knocked on a stranger's door, but it's a little uncomfortable, and um, some people were receptive and some weren't. Um, why I went 
I, we'd have to back up to about 2011. So I got saved, I got baptized, I started plugging in, and I just I didn't fit in. I felt uh, intimidated, you know, had uh, some challenges that way. So uh, I didn't find a group, so I kind of went on my own. And I guess you can say I roamed by myself with this experience, but nothing more. And I did that for about six years, and Revelation 3, 15, and 16, God says he'd rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. And I was half in the church and half in the world, and uh, it was easily the worst six years of my life. Um, so six years later, a friend of mine invited me to Men's Encounter. It's a ministry that goes on in Missouri, and I picked up, and I, I went for a weekend, and that weekend, I experienced a real God in a real way, like nothing I've experienced before. And that weekend, I made a decision uh, to follow God completely, no matter what. Even if I disagreed, I would go his way. And that wasn't a light decision. It was a heavy decision, but I was ready to make it at that point. So God quickly put me into leadership in a men's ministry and uh, got me serving down there. So I served down in Missouri a couple times a year. And this man who started this street reignite ministry served with me. And in January this year, we were ministering and praying over men. And when they asked, you know, let us know their prayer request, how this man spoke to him and quoted the Bible and just encouraged him stood out to me and I, I wanted to know more. Like I wanted what he had, right? Even though I was like serving and in the church and doing leading and getting with God every day, like there was something missing and I, this guy had something and God called him to start a ministry to reach out to communities and show them how to reach out to your neighbors. And he said, yes. So that's why we went down. So why we were down there knocking doors, um, like I said, it's, it was very uncomfortable for me. And, uh, you know, like there were some questionable yards that I didn't know who would answer the door. But um, some people were receptive. Some people said, no, thank you. Some people slammed the door in our face. And some people talked to us. And something that God put on my heart is compassion for hopeless and hurting people. Because I was one of them, and I have family that are similar. So they just didn't know about Jesus or God or hope or anything. So we got to encourage them and speak to them and kind of give them resources, right, along with food that day knocking doors. So the lessons I've learned is that I have a burden for hurting people and people who think life is hopeless, right? I've had friends commit suicide, and that's never an easy thing. And I just think back now before I was following God if, if maybe I would have said something to them, right? Would that have made a difference? Um, uh, our communities are our mission fields and every Thursday there's a men and women's ministry here kind of off this encounter ministry and we start doing life together and getting out the real issues the real hurt and just being honest with it and there's not always an answer right but we seek God and we trust in him for that so I serve and seek God daily and I hope my hope is that my life will send a good message right I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to say a thing and my actions say something else. Like that's a fear of mine. 
So um, a quick question I just want to ask, who has lost family members in here? Show of hands. Okay, so do I, right? And I've talked to them, and some of them have nicely told me to stop talking to them about Jesus, right? So <clears throat> I serve here. I serve in Missouri. Uh, whenever God takes me somewhere, I serve and I share encouragement and good news in hopes that maybe I reach out to you and you reach out to somebody else and they reach out to somebody else that will circle back around and grab my family members that won't listen to me, right? That's my hope. So I want to encourage you guys, check out missions, right? Go see something. Get uncomfortable. Experience an amazing God who's doing the miracles you read in the Bible today in 2022 right now all around us. Um, if you want to talk with me, just come find me. So when I'm here, I'm here. Uh, Thursday nights, we're here in the basement. And thank you for listening to me. And here's Ryan. Good morning. I'm Ryan. I'm going to tell you about a mission trip that I was involved with uh, in Russia. Um, it was about 20 years ago, and at that time, I was working in downstate Illinois as a paramedic. And I learned of a church that was planning on a work and witness trip with a focus on medical missions to Russia. And the team was made up of a doctor, a couple of nurses, a handful of volunteers, and myself as a paramedic. So I became involved with that, and our goal was to gather supplies... Uh, and work in a uh, tuberculosis clinic uh, in a children's orphanage. Uh, and so we started planning and getting ready for this. It was about uh, a year's worth of planning, a year's worth of collecting supplies. Um, and we got everything we could get our hands on. We took a, a fetal heart monitor, centrifuge, uh, thousands of vitamins and pills and bandages. Uh, so for about a year, we collected these supplies, and we were going to work uh, in these different locations. Now, back then, we had to declare all the stuff that we were taking with us, every little pill, every little uh, box of latex gloves. We had to list all the stuff that we were taking in order for it to be approved and get through customs. Okay, so the day finally came for us to go. We flew over there, and when we arrived at the airport gate, we were met by the police, the local authorities. And they said, we are going to confiscate your illegal contraband. You cannot bring this stuff into the country. Even though it was already cleared and everything was good to go, they took our stuff, stole all of our stuff. They called it confiscating, but I think they were going to uh, sell it on the black market. You know, if a, if a bottle of vitamins here is five bucks over there, it's ten bucks. It's crazy what you can make over there. So they took all of our stuff. So we were found, we found ourselves in the middle of this airport, uh, and all these places were expecting us to show up with all these supplies, and we had nothing to take. We didn't know what to do. So we did the only thing we knew to do. We stood in a circle, and we held hands, and we prayed, and that asked that God would show up. And show up is exactly what he did. Uh, we still serve a God who does miracles. Amen? So what happened next was absolutely crazy. Nothing short of a divine intervention. I don't have the time to go into detail, but I guess I'll be at that back table with Chad and Sharon and everybody else to give you details if you'd like. But... God showed up, he provided a miracle, and through a little bait and switch and some cloak and dagger stuff, we stole our stuff back. <laughs> Got all our stuff back, right? So we, uh, we actually did our thing. Um, I'm not exactly sure how long we were there. It was long enough for me to lose about 20 pounds because I can't stand that cuisine. I just, 
I can't, you ever do borscht? It is horrible, horrible stuff. And I don't do seafood, so I about starved. But we worked over there. Uh, but it was plain from the get-go that the devil was not going to let us uh, off easy. He did everything he could to throw a kink into the works. Um, one of our main team members became violently ill right before we left, so we were down a person there. Um, and while we were at the hotel, the main doctor that went with us, because of the stress of what we were doing, he had a nervous breakdown and refused to leave the hotel room after a few days. So it was a crazy time. It was a, a, a great time. We learned the people, learned the culture, uh, just loved on all different kinds of people. Um, I even got to ride around in a, a Moscow ambulance for a while, uh, which was cool. It was nothing more than a van with a cot and a bag of rags in the corner on the floor, but it was fun to be a part of that and see all that. Um, yeah, it was a great trip. I'll never forget it, and uh, I was glad to be a part of it. Thank you. In case you didn't know, Linda and I were serving as missionaries in Sudan in 2009 and 2010. And uh, first of all, we just want to give God all the glory and the praise for what he accomplished during those uh, two-year period right in there. We, were, uh, we left the States, we went to uh, Entebbe, flew into Entebbe, Uganda, drove 12 hours up into uh, Morobo County in the village of Kenyara. We went to join Dave and Darlene Easterly and we uh, were uh, joining an established ministry. We had three weeks training and then uh, our directors had to go back to state. We had uh, a young man named Benjamin Taban who served as a chaplain in the SPLA, Sudan People's Liberation Army. They had just gone through 20 years war and they were in a peace agreement and they uh, were now uh, fighting for their freedom and, and hoping that they would get that freedom, which they did get uh, just shortly after we had left. Uh, so we were in charge and we were made the deputy directors of Sudan Christian Outreach Ministries. We oversaw two medical clinics, 20,000 tree coffee plantation, corn maize mill. Um, we were in charge of the, the, the guest house and all the things. We entertained guests from the uh, South Sudanese parliament and other NGOs that came through. Um, we uh, were able to do uh, construction on a project that was already established and mon money was raised for. We helped build a new Christian school in, in a third world nation. To God be all the praise. And then we had several teams that had come in and uh, to do projects such as uh, dental outreach. We had American medical teams that came over and all those things. And what we want to do this morning is just basically emphasize the importance of, of you as a church supporting missionaries in prayer. Church on the Rock supported us as we went over there, and we want to just highlight. Linda's going to talk about the prayer aspect of that. You know, if we can emphasize anything today, we want to emphasize that missions is a partnership. It's not just the missionary going over there. Without your support, without your prayer, we can't do what needs to be done overseas. And I just want to share briefly, prior to us officially leaving for Sudan, we had gone there to check the mission base out and just to determine if this was really what the Lord wanted us to do for this time and season. So on our first trip over there, 
during the middle of the night, somebody tried to break into the house that we were sleeping in. Now, you have to understand there's no 911. You can't call the police. Who do you call for help? So we laid there, and eventually whoever was trying to break into the house left. But prior to us leaving for this first trip to determine whether or not we were going to go back, there was a young woman in the Marengo Church who was praying for us. And before we left for this trip, she called us one Saturday, and she's just crying on the phone. And she's like, I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm praying for you guys, and I feel like I need to give you this scripture verse. And this was the verse she had given us. It's from Psalms 4.8, and it says, I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. After the, the person tried to break into the house, the night that we were staying in, this scripture verse came alive. Prayer is a hedge. Prayer and partnership with people from the church is what is critical. I just want to share a couple of situations that we encountered when we were in Sudan. Imagine having a three-month-old darling baby boy abandoned slash kidnapped, crossed over from the border of Uganda into Sudan. Imagine a local police department that does not have the money or the finances to be able to care for this baby. Imagine the government official showing up at your back door and you are given one hour to determine whether or not you're gonna take this baby and care for him. How do you say no? Imagine a woman comes to your door with two sets of twins. One set of twin girls are eight years old and the youngest set of girls are only two months. The mother explains that her breast milk has ended and her babies are very hungry. You also discover that her husband has just recently died from a leg infection. You get the baby formula, you get the bottles, you show the mother how to mix the milk, how to sterilize the water, and then you ask her, okay, which one of the twins is the hungriest? And the mother looks at you and she says, we all are. How do you not respond? Imagine the local clinic in your town suddenly admits a malnourished baby. They can provide the, the bed for the child, but they are too poor to provide food. The parents waited too long to bring in the baby. He is suffering terribly. His body is swollen. He cries at the touch of human hands. The physician tells you, 
All he needs is protein. He is dying from lack of protein. Can you provide eggs and millet to help this child recover? How can you say no? These are all opportunities that came to our doorstep when we were in Sudan. We could not have responded to any of these without your help, your prayers behind us, and your financial support. Missions is a partnership. We need you. We need you to pray for the missionaries. We need you to prayerfully consider um, financial support monthly. Just pray and see what the Lord would have you to do. But the, the critical thing that I really want you to understand is that it's us working together in order to touch the lives of people, whether it's in the States or whether it's overseas. Yes, the mission field is literally everywhere. It just looks a little different in Africa. And cosmetically, there are great needs in the United States as well. We just want you to see that as you give financially to help ministry uh, missionaries, it helps each missionary to do the work that they have to do. We had projects that came up daily and we had funds to do that and you partner with the missionary and uh, you participate in their labors. Jesus said in Matthew 10 41, anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward and anyone who will receive a righteous man because he's a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. Folks this includes missionaries and so in other words as you partner in the labors of missionaries your reward is the same as the missionary that you help. Is that worth praying for? Is it worth giving finances for? Yes, it is. And God wants to use you. Your money and your prayers help us to not only to go, but to stay and to do projects in people in other parts of the world that we cannot reach here are reached over there. Amen. morning church in the rock man you've heard a lot of stuff already you've heard from people that went to local missionaries here in illinois went on uh, a, a few trips one two three four sharing one i think she said she's going on four or five trips you've heard from ryan who went on a trip all the way to russia and you heard from a vocational pastor who's also a vocational missionaries heard a wide gambit of stuff and I just want to close our time together today with a few thoughts just regarding missions and regarding how our church can participate and should participate in missions before I do any of that I just want to uh, I, I asked my well I didn't ask my daughter I just took it actually but I'm using a little prop today from my daughter's toy collection and I just want to set a little example for you I want you to pretend that this is my dog I want you to pretend that this is, I got her when she was a puppy. I want you to pretend that I'm not a kind owner. When the dog's hungry, I don't feed it. When she's thirsty, I neglect it. When I'm mad, I come home, I kick the dog. 
When I'm frustrated, I, I pull its hair and I shout at it, shake its cage. Incredibly, I've heard this dog incredibly badly. Treat it very poorly. Really, really inflict damage and hurt upon this dog. Never show it kindness. When you feel those kinds of things, you may respond in a couple ways. Maybe that every time you encounter a touch, you cower. You feel anxiety and worry about meeting another person. Are they going to hurt me? Or maybe you go into defense mode. Now I want you to pretend that you come over to my house. And you see the dog and you come up to pet it and it bites you. If you've ever had experience like that of getting attacked by a dog or an animal or something, you're just the fear that it instills that you have to work through is deep and rooted. And you think, what's wrong with that dog? Why would you keep that kind of thing around? I want you to keep that picture in your head as we get into today's sermon. Church, we've been in a series on Abraham, and today's whole topic on missions works perfectly in to that series. We're going to go back to the very, very beginning in Genesis chapter 12. I just want to read a few short verses to you. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, it says this, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, go to the land that I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. Verse 3, and I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Church, can we just take a second and pause and pray? Father God, thank you, God, for this word on missions today, Father. Thank you for the reminder, God, of the important call of missions, God, and what it is to our church and what it is to our nation, Father. Thank you, God, for the faithful people that responded to the call, God, and shared their testimonies, God, encouraging us, reminding us, God, and empowering us to go forward, too. Lord, I pray these words are clear, Father, that the call is direct and the action steps are well laid before us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Church, I want to remind you of a couple things on this verse here about Abram. The very first thing about Abram's call was that he was called, he was going to be blessed to bless. God tells him that through you, all the nations are going to be blessed. Abram, I'm going to bless you, but through you, I want you to be a blessing. God was blessing him to go and bless other people. He was blessed to bless. In a time when knowledge of God was scarce and followers of God were rare, God chose a man to create a nation that would be his people, that through them, he would go and touch other people's lives. That through them, they would go out and be a blessing. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. The Israelites didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Instead of going out and being a blessing, they, prior, they privatized religion, became inclusive and made their religion exclusive to other people. They didn't go out, they centered and focused inward. In John chapter 4, Jesus is having a, a conversation with a Samaritan woman, and this comes up, and she says, why do your people say we have to go there to worship? Why can't we worship here? This age-long conversation and distinction of you have to come here. You have to come to our building. If you're not in with us, then you can't worship our God. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how God remedied that. That he made the promise, and through Jesus Christ, the answer 
to this promise is fulfilled. That through Abraham's line, Jesus is a long descendant of Abraham. He goes out and through him blesses the entire community. Did you know that you, if you believe in Jesus, are a descendant of Abraham? He's called the father of faith. And it's saying that through him, if you believe in him, you're part of his family too. And this is the first thing I want you to get today. I know my time is a little bit short, but just I want, I'm just going to prepare you right now. We may go just a, a smidge long today. So just buckle in. It's going to be good, though, and it's going to be worth it to you. Know that if you call Jesus Lord and Savior, you too have the calling and the blessing that was given to God, given to, from God to Abraham on your life. You too are blessed. But you're not just blessed for your own good. You're blessed to be a blessing. This is the second thing that I want to introduce to you and remind you about Abram. In the very beginning, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how God makes a covenant, the physical sign, and really in law. But when he first calls Abram, it's just a verbal promise. And there's something attached to that, a response required from Abram. He says this. He says, if you go, then I will. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, leave your relatives, leave your family, and go to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make you famous. I'll make you a blessing to others. I'll bless you when others curse you. And through you, all the families on earth will be blessed. But the thing was that Abram had to respond to the call of God. The Bible doesn't tell us this at all, but I was just wondering, I was just curious, and just in my imagination this week as I was prepping, I was wondering, was Abram the first person that God approached? Were there other people that he went and he said, hey, leave your native country, leave your family, leave all these things and go where I'll send you, and then I will bless you. I choose you. But others didn't go. Others heard the call, maybe, and maybe they said no. I have no idea. But know this, that we all have the call of God in our life to go. If you go, then I will. He was blessed to bless, but was dependent on it. Will he go? Church, you are called to go. Galatians 12, 1 through 3. Actually, sorry, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is the famous commission from Jesus. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The last thing that we hear from Jesus before he ascends back into heaven is the commission to go and to disciple, to baptize, and to teach the nations. It's a sending out of his people, his followers, to go and to create more. Church, if you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, you are part of a line of Abraham. Your spiritual forefather was Abraham who set an example of faith and modeled it for you. If you go, then I will. And if you go, I will bless you. But the blessing is not just for you, it's for others. You are blessed to bless. Church, you are blessed to bless. 
You are blessed to be used by God and to be used through you. God is going to use you to bless other people. I think, I can't remember who just said it. Oh, the, you, Joe and Meyer, Joe and Linda said that it was a partnership. When we partner with missionaries, we're partnering with them to send them. But did you know the original partnership is with God? That God chose to use a people. That God chose to use a nation. That God chose to use man, woman, to expand his kingdom. He didn't have to. I don't know why he chose that, except that he loves relationship. He wants to work with you and through you to be a blessing to other people. Church, I want to expand your mind and take away any of the things that you might use to say missions isn't for me. Missions and its baseline is spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Some people do it vocationally. Linda and, uh, uh, Linda and Joe went for two years as vocational missionaries. Some people do it as a trip. And some people do it like Chad did just a couple hours away to people around them. This last week, Highland Park suffered a tremendous tragedy. It's been heavy on my heart all week. Thinking of the pain, the suffering that came from those events of one person. But you know what happened? We've been staying up with the news and just reading on this and just reading about the events. And even as early as yesterday, another article came out with more detailed information on this person's background. You know the thing that came out of that? It's a lonely person. A hurting person. A person that had something about 20-ish odd call police reports called to their house from the time growing up for abuse, domestic violence, suicide attempts, threats. Somebody that a police report was filed when he was two years old, locked into a hot car in the middle of the summer for an hour and a half. Somebody that classmates said they ignored was weird didn't give him the time of day. I'm not making excuses for actions, but this is why I want you to think about this dog, that when you came over and got bit by this dog, why did he do that? Because all that dog knew was hurt and pain. You have people around you that all they know is anxiety and pain and hurt and frustration. And when they don't have an outlet from that, it comes out in the only way they know how, which is to hurt other people. Church missions is about spreading the good news, the hope and the peace of Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Romans 10, 13 through 15 says it this way, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Sorry. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in whom they have not ever heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. 
Isaiah 52.7 talks about that good news being the peace of salvation. It's really interesting that Linda brought up Psalms 4.8. On a completely other note, on a little other thing I was working on today, I was looking up verses on peace, and the primary verse that rose to the top was Psalms 4.8. As I go down to sleep, you give me peace, because I trust in the Lord. Church, you have people, maybe you feeling today, like missions is something maybe you're actually supposed to participate in your body. Maybe you're supposed to go on a short-term missions trip. Maybe some of you, or maybe some of you have kids that have the call of God on their life to be a vocational missionary. But this is the thing that I want to drum into our heads today, is that you, who call on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are blessed but not just for yourself. You are blessed to be a blessing. And that you today are called to go. None of us have an excuse not to go. All of us are called. Part of your discipleship to Jesus is that you are sent. All throughout Jesus' ministry on earth, he was sending disciples. He sent the 72, and then before he ascended, he sent the 12. You are called to go. If you go, then I'll be able to bless because God wants to work through you. Every one of you may know somebody that's close by to you that's feeling a lack of hope, that's feeling pain and frustration. The thing that runs through my head as I think about the events from last week is did anybody ever hug that guy? Was he ever invited to church? or to dinner, or to a small group gathering. We have no idea what would have happened, and maybe he did. Everybody's responsible for their own actions. But what if somebody had said, hey, and gave him time of day and talked to him, developed a relationship? That's one of the most powerful things, Chad, about encounters, that you guys give people the time of day. You sit with them, so that they're known. So that you can't just say, hey, how are you doing? Good. You say, are you really good? Come on, share it. The amount of people that I talk to that go to that ministry and just say it's the place where I can decompress and be real is so powerful. Church, there are people right here all around us that need to hear about the hope and salvation of Jesus Christ. Ministries is a, missions is an incredibly in-depth thing. There are, there are tons of ways to be involved in it. Ben, you can start making your way forward. I want to list a few of the ways that through Church on the Rock and through, through our ministry, our church, that you, that we can participate in missions. Sharon, I don't know if you're in here still or if you went to the back. Right here, thank you. Sherry, I'm so thankful that you said what you said. The thing that got you involved in missions was a giving mother. Church, one of the ways that you can be involved in missions is by supporting and helping your kids learn how to give. You know, tithe was never, has never, ever been a hard issue for me because my mom taught me when I got 10 bucks for my birthday, she would show me, here's a jar for Jesus, here's your savings jar, here's your spendings jar, and I would put $1 in that jar. And so from the time I was a little kid, I was indoctrinated, for better words, to give tithe. 
It was just something I did. It was part of my culture. I cannot imagine what it would look like to come into church as an adult and think, you have to give, you're supposed to give, you're telling me to give 10%. If you can teach your kids now what it looks like to be a generous giver, it will help them become a lifetime giver. We had a girl that went to summer camp this year. Her name's Pilar. She was out in the lobby last week. I think she's going to be out there again. She heard about BGMC, which is the kids' program through Assemblies of God to give to missions. She got fired up. She came back to our church, and she started making little bracelets and selling them for like 50 cents or a buck or something like that. That little girl raised $151 for missions by making rubber brand bracelets. You have kids and teens through Denise and Cindy that they're, trying, they're leading them every single week trying to raise a generation of givers that have done bake sales and dunked me in a dunk tank and gone door to door and talked and done events to raise money for Speed the Light, the teens emphasis. Church, you've heard every single second Sunday of the month we talk to you about missions and how you can partner in sending missionaries. If every person in this room gave about $6.50, seven bucks every single month, we would maintain our missionaries and be able to grow the amount that we can send and support. One of the first ways that you can participate in missions churches under your seat is a missionary faith pledge card. What I'm asking you to do today, and this is the altar call, is your response to missions. We're all called. Paul was one of the first vocational missionaries that we saw in the Bible. And he would go around and he would plant churches and grow those churches. And then he went around raising funds so he, he, he could keep going and traveling and going on missions. We are a sending church. And that means that we also send with our finances. Is there a way in your budget that you could carve out 5 10 15 $50? every month to send a missionary. All of that money goes to missions. All of that money supports missionaries. And so church, what I'd ask you to do today is look at that faith pledge card. If you are already giving, I still ask you to fill this out. Maybe you are not giving to missions right now, or maybe you do sometimes, but you forget about it and that's okay, I understand that. But I'm asking you to look at that card and right now, just in a, a moment of prayer, and I'm giving you just a second to pray about it. Ask God if you're called to support missions through Church in the Rock this year. There's pens right in front of you on the backs of the chairs. And if you would, as you're praying, would you write, fill out the information. And for our planning side, because we're planning to grow missions, we're not planning to just keep them. We want to include more would you tear off the small part and drop it in a black box on your way out today? And that helps our missionaries team. You'll, you're not ever gonna get a phone call and be like, hey, Dana, uh, it's the second Tuesday month, buddy, you didn't give your five bucks. Come on, buddy. No, we're not gonna do that. It's just a way that in faith we're trusting that if you promised it, you'll give it, and that helps our team plan the year out and budget it out so we can increase and grow and see if there's room to add in more missionaries. And so I'm going to get quiet for just a few moments. I'm going to pray, and then I just want to share one other thing. And Sid, you can just play for a little bit. But Father God, Lord, I pray that this message wouldn't feel shameful 
or arm twisting God. Lord, I pray this, just a clear reminder of the, the blessing you've put on our lives, God, and the clear call, Father, to go and evangelize, to go spread the good news of you. Church, if you would, please tear out that small part on your way out today and just drop it off in a box on your way out. The black box is on your way out. And the second thing I want to emphasize to you, church, is that you can give financially, and we appreciate and we feel that a calling to do that. But you're actually supposed to be a blessing to others in your own body. You have an answer, the answer to all of your struggles, the answer to all of your anxiety, all of your fear, all the things that keep you up in the middle of the night. His name is Jesus Christ. You have the answer. You are called to share that with others. Just as our church doesn't want to be an inbred, just self-obsessed building, trying to raise money just to support the things going on. We want to be a sending church. We have the same thing over your life. We want to help you be, learn how to do that. I get it. It's difficult. It's hard to share your faith. We live in a society right now that's post-Christian, anti-Christian. -anti but you're still called to share. And so this is how I want to give you an outlet to practice it and to do it. And we're not making much up new, Chad. We're doing exactly what you did. Church out there, there's a small donation box for food. You have one week. Next week, would you please bring some snack items, Pop-Tarts and those peanut butter things and oatmeal pies, things that if you were just somebody dropped it off at your house one day and said, hey, here's a box of oatmeal pies, wouldn't you be thankful for that? Usually it's a guy who wanted to talk to me about hail damage on my roof, okay? But if you want to drop off a box of oatmeal pies, awesome. So next week, bring that box and drop it off out there. And in two Saturdays, July 23rd, we're gonna go to Hampshire, Illinois. We're gonna meet in the park, we're gonna pray, and I'll give you some instructions and understanding. We're just gonna go practice sharing our faith. That may be incredibly out of your comfort zone. You may have never ever shared your faith with somebody else. Maybe you do it all the time, you're a trained pro. Anybody and everybody is invited to that. I'm not going to pressure you. I'm not going to twist your arm into that. But I'm just telling you there's an opportunity. And me and Pastor Joe will work with you and pray with you and give you opportunity to experience it and to practice it so you can grow into it. Amen. Church, we're about to close and uh, be, complete our service today. But can we just stand right now all across the sanctuary?
Missions is sharing the good news and the peace and the hope of Jesus Christ. Missions is something that we are all called to, even though it may look different for every one of us in this room. Church, you are blessed to be a blessing, but how will the blessing be delivered if you never go? If you go, he promises he will too. Church, let me pray over you. The team's gonna lead us in uh, just a short dismissal song. If you've not given your tithes and offerings today, you can give it on the app, on the website, the black boxes in the back. And if you've not given your missions donations this month, your offering to missions, I encourage you to give those. You can give those online. There's a black box specifically designated to missions on the missions wall, that big wall that uh, by the Stonehaven that has all of our missionaries listed there with where they are and information on them. There's a black box you can give cash or coins or whatever in there church to celebrate missions because I believe it's celebratory. The missions teams has a small treat afterwards at Stonehaven. So after we leave here, stick around, have some coffee, eat a cookie, and just enjoy some time together. May I pray over us? Father, thank you, God, that Church in the Rock, God, has never been a stagnant place, Father, God. And the mission statement, God, that it was birthed with was to bring them in, to raise them up, and to send them out, God. And in 22 years of this ministry, Father, God, it has always been a sending church, Father whether that's people, whether that's finances, or whether it's just locally to our neighbors, Father. Lord, thank you, God, that that vision remains strong and the people that support it are here as well, Father. We love you, we praise you, and we give you all the honor and the glory and our attention and our focus and everything we have today, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
right, y'all are dismissed. Have a blessed week.